Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets. Yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Real Estate Today, where we are completely unfocused and taking an hour off. That's what I feel like this is going to be today. We're just going to take an hour off from the craziness that we've been talking about. So I am Deb Tomorrow. I am your host. I am a realtor. Feel sorry for me. Now, I love my job. That's why I do this. But uh, we're having a little bit of a stressful time in the market right now. So we're going to talk about that today. Um, make sure you're following us on Facebook um, and the Twitter. And don't worry about the Instagram because I'll never post anything on there. Did you just give up on that? Well, you know, every once in a while. <laughs> okay. It's, it's just a lot to juggle. It is. I know. I it, forgot I had an Instagram until you just now said it. <laughs> It's just like, how do you remember all that stuff? Did you see how Kylie Jenner said something bad about the Snapchat? And then all of a sudden the Snapchat stock went down like $12 billion or something crazy. Interesting. Didn't she just use a filter on from Snapchat when she posted a photo yeah, of her baby? They have changed the Snapchat and it's more yeah, complicated or something. And so all the, okay. the youngins don't like the Snapchat anymore. Okay. I don't know. I don't we'll have to either. ask our producer because he can probably fill us in a little bit more because we're a little too old for that. <laughs> I think. Um, so the voice you hear on the other side is Ms. Karen Russell, best damn lender in the state of Indiana. And she's going to help provide us with a lender perspective on things. Is the market crazy for you too? It is. I just told someone today, they're like, you don't look well. And I go, well, yesterday's running into today. Like, I don't know when it's going to stop. So I was up at four o'clock this morning because it was one of those where it was like, all right, I got to get stuff done. And this is when I'm going to get it done. It's the only time you can actually make headway on yeah. your emails and voicemails and like get caught up before they start in again. I just had a borrower email me and said, hey, your voicemail's full. Oh, and no. I thought, okay, I had no idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Well, I want to, before we get into today's show, I do want to recap because we've just kind of come off a really uh, interesting, actually two interesting series of shows. And so I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those if you've missed them. The first one was uh, in January, we did a series um, that was a homebuyer seminar. And we've actually taken that series and broken it down into, it was four shows, and we've broken it down into 12 segments, which sounds like a lot, but we're just making it manageable for you. So it's like 12, 10-minute segments. Uh, You can actually go to my YouTube channel and find them there. Uh, And you just kind of listen step one, step two, step three. So you can listen to 10 minutes a day and it kind of takes you through that whole home buyer process. Uh, And I think that's really, really super useful. So I want to encourage you to go, what's our YouTube channel? Anyone? I don't know. I think it's Real Real Estate Today. I was going to say, I think that's what it is. Real Real Estate Today. Same name as the show. Pretty sure that's what I named it because I'm smart like that. <laughs> Good thinking, Deb. Um, and then the other series that we did in February, which was really fun, was sort of what we we're calling alternative housing. And so we did a show with uh, Carpenter Owl, who builds tiny homes, and they were featured on the DIY Network back in February. They have a really cool event coming up. Karen, I don't know if you saw that on on the Facebook. I'm just going to put the in front of everything. Right I now. have not. Um, it's on March 17th, so a week from Saturday. Okay. Uh, I should have the times. Rachel could probably look those up for me oh, if I'm really nice to her. Um, I think it's in the afternoon, maybe. 
or it could be like a 10 to 2 or something like that. Uh, and they're basically just inviting people to come by and ask questions uh, and find out more about building and living in tiny homes. And I'm going to be there just kind of hanging out to answer any real estate questions they might have. Okay. I know it's St. Patrick's Day. No, I was like, is it that? I'm going to do it before well, we get drunk. No, but I thought I that date seemed familiar. Maybe I heard about the <laughs> right. Carpenter Owl March event. But, what okay. is that? 12, yeah. 12 to what? It doesn't say. Oh, all right. I think it's like 12, 12 to 2-ish. 12, 12 to 3. Um, and that's at their site, which is over on West 11th Street here in Bloomington. Seventh. Huh? What's 7th? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll be sharing that on Facebook. So there you go. Super useful today. All right. And then we had Lauren Wood and uh, Josh. Uh, Josh. That's not his name. Joel. I've known him for like 15 years. Joel Kiefer um, from Lauren Wood Builders. And they were talking about Bloomington Co-Housing Project, which I still think is really, really interesting mm-hmm. and not a commune. Right. So I, that's, the, that's the point I want to drive home. Uh, and then we had um, Jill and Scott Stowers from Woodfrog. And they do homesteading. Uh, they have a homestead in Brown County. And they've got some events coming up, too. So I wanted to send you to their website, which is woodfrog.com. Uh, and they've got some events starting in April with some organic. Um, there's one about organic mosquito control, which is really nice, especially if you've got animals running around or children running around or children who act like animals running around. And then um, they've got some other things about, like, edibles. So you get like wild edibles. So you get to go to their property and walk around their acreage with them and oh, fun. pick things and eat them. <laughs> that's okay. kind of cool. Um, and all that stuff is free. So that's um, even more cool. So check out woodfrog.com. Okay. So I think that's all my housekeeping stuff I wanted to get over, go over. So if you are looking to buy or sell in 2018, you really want to listen to this show. Um, you know... I don't know what's going on in our market. I mean, I do. We knew it was going to happen. I, did you guys feel like it was going to be crazy this year? Yes. I think the only time it slowed down might have been around Christmas and like the holidays. Yeah. or Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason it slows because there's not a lot of houses to show people. So then it becomes this, I'm kind of like doing this right now. I'm actually watching my phone because someone, the house listing came on the market today. I'm thinking, I think that's listing is underpriced. It's going to sell really quick. So basically, you buyer cannot have a full-time job anymore if you want to buy a house. You have to go right now. We have to drop everything and go right now. So, you know, we're two months into the market right now uh, for 2018, and I I don't care what anybody says. It's not really fun. Um, I mean, the only fun part for me is that there's some strategy involved, and I like sort of the strategery, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, especially when you get a listing. You're kind of like, okay, what is this really desirable? And if it's really desirable, what's the best way to get the most out of it for my client? And, mm-hmm. you know, and there's different strategies involved in doing that um, that I really enjoy. But, you know, when you're trying to kind of play the strategic game, and at the same time, you're dealing with a client's roof over their head or their financial security mm-hmm. that adds a le- level of stress that can sometimes take the fun out of it. There was a story. I've been hearing all these stories, so I'm trying to, like, retell them but not change the facts enough so that, you know, I can protect everyone's privacy. But I had a, um, a friend of mine call me over the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she was sort of in a pickle with one of her listings and just wanted to bounce some ideas off me. But basically, they had listed it, multiple offers, and was going to take an offer. And then another offer came back, much, much higher price. 
So they, the one that offered that they were kind of working with, but they hadn't nailed down yet, Mm -hmm. they took off the table and went with this higher price. And basically it was because the seller, like that was his retirement was the money in that house. Mm -hmm. And he really needed every penny. So it was hard to say no, even though his heart wanted to go with these other people, they had a family and they had written a letter about how much they loved the house, you know, and all that. Mm -hmm. Money still talks sometimes too. Well, then two days later, the high offer backed out because the wife had not seen the house yet. The husband had and the wife hadn't. Mm -hmm. And the wife saw it and said, I don't want this house and walked away. My heart just like fell into my foot. I know. Gosh, Gosh. I can't even believe like that's the worst thing is like stuff, crazy stuff like that is happening because people are forced to make decisions really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just really um, causing a lot of buyer's remorse. And those phone calls to your sellers to tell them that something like that just are awful. So real quick, I want to define what a seller's market is, because then the rest of the show is going to be about if you're a buyer in a seller's market, what should you be doing? And then we'll do a segment on if you're a seller in a seller's market, what should you be doing? So a seller's market uh, occurs when the demand for homes outpaces the available supply. So go back to Mr. McGuff's economics class at Lawrence Central High School in 1989. Just told you how old I was. And um, remember supply and demand. So there's a lot of different ways to calculate it. I actually found a new way of calculating it this morning, and I really liked it. And basically, you're just dividing over some time period. um, You're looking at the ratio of sales to listings. And so, you know, how many listings are out there, how many have sold in whatever time period. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that there, if it's, you know, somewhere around 50%, it's a balanced market. If it's uh, higher than 50%, it's a seller's market. Um, You don't really care about the math. What you care about is the fact that that's kind of how we look at it. What's interesting to look at, though, is if you compare, um, if you compare different price ranges, you get different numbers. So when you're reading articles about the market and they say it's a seller's market and here's how many months supply we have or something like that, you know, they're looking at the entire market. And when you start to look at specific price points, mm-hmm. it's a very, it's much more telling story. So if you're a seller or you're a buyer, you really want to kind of nail down how you're looking at the market and the supply and demand. You know, $400,000 houses is a very different story in our market than $150,000 houses. That's my point there. Um, So not all price points or areas are seller's market, certainly locations too. One of the ideas that I have for a shows coming up is talking about different locations. Um, I think that People are going to start to move outside of Monroe County where we are because they're not going to be able to find homes in Monroe County. Mm-hmm. So I want to do some shows on what it's like to live in Greene County or Owen County, um, you know, because I think there's a lot of misnomers and I think it's important to kind of open that up as an option. So not all locations are a seller's market. So sometimes the best strategy is to go to a slightly different location where you can be um, more competitive. Um, but definitely be realistic about what you're in. Um, and, uh, and we've got some links that I'll have Rachel put up about why we're in this home shortage. We've talked about it before, um, you know, how population has continued to grow, but building has not that stopped in you know, 2006, 2007. And so we're behind. And so there's just simply not enough homes out there. Um, the math is pretty interesting. So I'll have Rachel put that up as well. Um, so let's go to break. And then when we come back, 
We're going to talk about um, being in a bu- being a buyer in a seller's market and how you should prepare for that and how you should handle yourself in that to have the greatest chance for success. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillocks, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. We are talking today about navigating this crazy seller's market that we're in. And certainly, you know, in Monroe County, we're not as crazy as in some other markets. I was just looking at an article that um, talks about San Francisco always is the market where everybody says it's crazy. And Rachel had posted something on our Facebook page last week about an, a home that was very similar to the home that I lived in when I was born mm-hmm. uh, in the San Francisco area. I was born in San Mateo. This was in Sunnyvale, which is a little bit further inland. And it sold for $2 million. And it was not all that. It was like a, I, I did see that. It was like a ranch. It reminded me of like. Tile countertops. You know. cabinets. Like, I mean, was it built like in the seven, probably, 70s? Yeah. Okay. And, it, and so, and there was another one here too that was saying the um, highest, this article I was reading about overbidding. The highest overbid on a single family home so far this year, this is in the Bay Area, was a two bedroom, one bath, asking $1.1 $1. $1 and it closed at $1.61 $1. $1 
$500,000 for list price. So I know I need to shut my mouth because we're going like, you know, five and $10,000 over list price sometimes. And like, okay, we're not that crazy, but the rules still apply in terms of things that you should do to navigate in a, in a seller's market. So this segment, I really want to focus in on buyers. Um, and so as a buyer, being in a seller's market means a few things. It means sometimes you don't have a lot of choice. Sometimes it means you have a lot of competition usually means you don't have much negotiating room and you don't have a ton of leverage in general. I'm always amazed at the buyers who still want to come in and underbid. And well, I had one a couple of weeks ago. We had three offers the first day and all two of the offers were over list price, good, solid, clean offers. We're going to talk about what that means because I say that to you, Karen, all the time. It's got to be a clean offer. And you're like, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> Well, I know what that means. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but maybe not everyone else does. But anyways, then there was this third offer, and it was like below list price, and they wanted all this furniture. I was like, what are you doing? Like, they wanted all this extra stuff added on, and I just thought, where do you think you're getting that leverage, you know, to – to ask for all that stuff. Well, that or um, if the property is being sold as is, yeah. you know, I just had someone ask me, well, what if the appraisal comes back and it needs some repairs or whatever? And I thought, your seller's not going to renegotiate right. would be my guess. But right. I will let you know what the appraisal says. Right. But as is, is as it is. Right. So I know that we're making the market sound really appealing. And I've find that I'm sort of checking myself sometimes going shut up shut up because I don't want to scare buyers off make it sound like all doom and gloom you know they send me a list of 10 homes I'm like yeah those are all pending you know I gotta I gotta I always try to come up with something else to offer them I'm like okay but here's this Mm -hmm. because I do want to say there's hope certainly we're selling homes you just have to really be prepared Uh, and there are some other reasons why I think you should still you know, consider buying too. One is interest rates are still really low, but I don't know how much of it you can talk about, Karen, as a lender, because I know you've got guidelines that you can and can't say, but it seems like they're creeping up. Yes, that's a that's a fair statement. Like a good example on uh, Monday, mm-hmm. um, I had a buyer, I emailed him what the rates were. I said, hey, here's what we've got. And then by the time he responded back, the market had shifted. So I said, same day. Same day. I said, so hold tight just a second. Let me go back and make sure I had to go back yeah. in and just double check. The rate stayed the same, but the pricing had uh, worsened. Okay. So, so yeah. So there are some people that are saying, you know, I probably should take advantage of the interest rates now instead of waiting a year. I would say for sure they're going to be higher in a year, uh, but they're going to be higher next week too, probably is the way it looks. So, um, so that certainly is one reason that you might still uh, want to buy. You know, in a lot of cases, especially in Bloomington, we're very expensive rental market. So a lot of my clients, especially the first timers, they they recognize it's still cheaper than renting mm-hmm. uh, to buy in our market for sure. You know, when you're still building equity, which is great for now and it's great for the future, and you know, buying a home is still the American dream. That's not going to change. And you can paint and you can plant and you can do all those fun things when you own as opposed to renting. So I think there's still plenty of good reasons out there uh, to to buy. But you've got to get your act together. All right. So I found this article on Trulia. I didn't send this one to you either, Rachel. If you want six major mistakes buyers make in a seller's market. And I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, And so I wanted to touch on that a little bit uh, and then uh, talk about creating a 
clean offer and talk about a couple of strategies there. So one of the things that they said was not making your best offer. So again, put your best foot forward. You never know when another offer, I always have this conversation with people. If you make an offer and you're like, yeah, we'll just negotiate for a while. I'm going to start really low and they'll counter back and we'll go back and forth a few times. That's kind of how we used to do it. The problem is that now, and we see it happen literally every day, is that you'll make an offer, the seller will counter back, someone, and, and you're going back and forth, and that's letting more days pass, and that's letting more people see the home, and then someone else is going to come in and make an offer, and now all of a sudden the seller's got two offers, he's going to go to a multiple offer situation, ask for everybody's highest and best, pit you together to the death for the house, <laughs> and they're going to drive the price up. Whereas if you had gone in with your, you know, the really good offer straight Mm -hmm. up, they probably would have just accepted it and you'd be done. So, you know, that's just part of the strategy that really needs to happen if you're serious about it. Now, if you're just fishing, call another realtor. Uh, Overanalyzing the purchase price. And we're going to talk, I think, in the last segment of the show about value. And my favorite explanation, this is where I need... um, Visual to be on video, yeah. yeah, the visual for you know, but you know, value is kind of a perception on each side, and so we're going to talk about what that means. Um, this article, I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but this article by Laura Agadoni of Trulia says that working with an inexperienced agent may hurt your chances of getting the house you want. Uh, I just got off the phone with an agent and he was getting ready to hopefully knock on wood, right? Uh, offer on one of my listings. And he said, you know, Deb, he's been around for a long time. And so we're all kind of getting, and I've known him forever. And so he said, you know, we, in our market, we had like 200 and something realtors in 2013. Now we have like over 400. I don't know if those numbers are right. I know we have over that 400 is a, That's an accurate Oh, I don't know about 2013, okay. I, but he says, and I believe him, that we had like 200. And so, you know, he's kind of like, what I'm finding is we have a lot of realtors who are just, you know, don't do a ton of business and they're not, they're still sort of, I don't I don't want to say anything bad, but they're maybe not quite as experienced to be able to shift with this market. Mm. You got to shift with the market. You got to, the way that I am running, you know, my listings and my buyers right now is different than I did last year and way different than I did 10 years ago. Um, so I think it, it does help to have someone who's a little bit more experienced probably. Um, not being pre-qualified for a loan. Oh, bang my head against the wall. Have we said that once or twice? Maybe. A couple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's going to look at your offer if you're not pre-qualified. And if it's a cash offer, have some freaking proof of funds. I went through this a couple weeks ago where I had three offers on something. It was all cash, but like nobody could provide me proof of funds. Mm. When they sent me proof of funds, it was not in English. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that says. I'm like having to go onto the computer and do exchange rates. Mm. And then, you know, then the question is, I, you know, does it, the money's not here in this country. It's not accessible. I'm sure it's good, but Right. I would rather see money here in the country that, you know, we could actually use to close. So getting your finances in order is huge. And then I think another big mistake is people not being prepared for a bidding war. It's going to happen. Um, so you either need to prepare for it or, you know, my preference is just going strong. Um, you know, I've had some clients, we, if we just put in a really good offer and kind of be like, you can't refuse this. And it works. 
No, I mean, that's, I mean, I definitely think what I'm seeing now is I've ran so many like, hey, can you update my pre-approval letter to this? This is what I'm going to go in and do. And then they get in a bidding war and they're like, okay, can you give me this? And I've done this so many times. And then, especially with this one couple, I feel bad, but they've lost out on three homes. And that's not in our market either. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that is definitely happening. all around, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're being run ragged with... (laughs) Can you send? I would just doing yeah. I just sent letters. a blank one. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what is involved in um, a creating a clean offer because that's that's what I always say. So no clutter. Avoid closing cost assistance if you really don't need it, um, or at least take it into account. You know, raise your price. That's closing cost assistance isn't free. I don't know if people think that, but it's not. Um, avoid asking for things that aren't offered. So if the washer and dryer aren't offered, furniture. I had one. They brought a great offer. They wanted every bit of furniture in my client's house. And I was like, what? the?" And they said, well, it would be convenient for the buyer to be able to just move in. I said, well, it would be very inconvenient for my seller who will have no place to sit or sleep next week. Yeah. What the hell? Right. And I mean, like, unless they were joining the, the Peace Corps. Right. You're right. Not so much. And then they said, well, okay, they can take the furniture, but they still want, like, two of the TVs. Well, guess what? Your highest offer now is not the highest because we're going to start subtracting out value for replacing televisions. Mm-hmm. And now the second highest offer is actually going to be a higher offer. But for some reason, they just feel like that's like a freebie. It's not a freebie. Um, be flexible with closing and possession if you can. Um, take time to read the disclosures and look at the house closely. This is a big one. Look at the age of the furnace. Look at the age of the water heater. You can look and see if it's rusted and falling apart. But in, in, in some, I know in some markets they do inspections first before they even make an offer, which is amazing. But think about how you can reassure the seller that you're not going to go crazy during inspections. We have a lot of deals falling apart because they're like, oh, that furnace is 19 years old. It works. Mm-hmm. But it's old, and so the buyer doesn't want it. Not a reason to kill a deal, um, but it uh, it has been killing some. Um, sometimes they say write letters, personal letters. Those are nice. Money's probably going to talk a little bit louder. Um, pre-qualification, of course. Can you do conventional financing? We're starting to look at that more as opposed to an FHA or, or USDA financing because um, that just means a potentially smoother deal for the seller. Um, having Oh, this is a big one. Having all the blanks filled in on the purchase agreement. Sometimes I get purchase agreements and I'm like, there's holes, there's blanks, stuff's not completely filled out. Like the, I don't know if the agent was like in a hurry or what. Now you've seen it too, right? And you have to send it back and be like, I can't take this. I know. Well, I bite my tongue because I'm not, I'm not the agent, but right. I look at it and that's how I have to update my loan is yeah. with the terms. <laughs> yeah. You want to, you want every blank on that form filled out. Trust mm-hmm. me. Just put something in there. Um, having good earnest money is another thing that you can do as well. And then escalation clauses. We are seeing that more and more and more. I know Karen, you asked me about that and that's where you can write an offer and then you can add an amendment to it that says, look, we'll pay more than the next highest offer up to a certain cap. There's pros and cons to doing that. It's a great tool that a lot of realtors in my area don't use, so it can certainly make your offer stand out. Um, But it also can tip your hand that here's how much I'm really willing to pay for the house. So, you know, but I do use it, and I think it's a it's a great option as well. And another option would be putting in a backup offer. I'm starting to do that. In the past, we usually avoided homes that had accepted offers. But if the offer is fairly new and it still hasn't gone through inspections, 
I'm telling my clients, let's go look at it. Maybe we put in a backup offer. And if we put in a really good backup offer, maybe it's better than the offer they have. And, you know, the seller still has to follow the the contract that they have in place. But if they can kill the deal legally, they will to take your backup offer. So that's certainly an option, too. It's not shady, but it certainly is strategic. <laughs> Um, and then also just like I said before, working with a realtor who's full time and obsessed, um, I have a real quick way of checking new listings on my phone and I literally am doing it about every 20 minutes now. So, you know, you need someone helping you stay on top of it because you still need to go work your job so that you can pay for the house. So, all right. So that's some advice on how to navigate, uh, if you're a buyer in a seller's market, it's totally doable. You just need to have your act together and you need to, um, have some good guidance and some good team members around you. When we come back, we're going to talk about being a seller in a seller's market and that it's maybe not quite as fun as you think it might be. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for you with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Real Real Estate Today. We are talking today about navigating through a seller's market where there are fewer homes than buyers and a fight to the death for every good home that is out there. So this segment, I want to talk about sellers. So the last segment we talked about, if you're a buyer, kind of some advice on how to navigate. But I want to talk about the sellers because it seems like it would be fun, right? I mean, super exciting to watch the price go up and see people fighting over your house. Um, I had some clients that that kind of happened. They had about 13 showings the first day and all these offers started pouring in. And they were like, oh, my gosh, have you ever seen anything like this? Like, I think I had kind of downplayed it because I didn't want to get expectations high. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, you know, the market didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. And I was like, yeah, I kind of expected that this might happen. But then a lot of times we see reality set in. Have you had a lot of deals fall apart, Karen? You mean after it's been under contract? Yeah. Not here lately. Knock on wood. Okay. (laughs) Because we are seeing a lot of deals fall through. Uh, And some of that's just that good old buyer's remorse. Oh, you know, because what happens is somebody starts talking in their ear. They go in and they bid, you know, five, ten thousand dollars over list price and get the house and they're all excited. And then somebody who hasn't bought a house in 20 years, mom and dad, um, you know, and they love you. I understand that. But they kind of like, I can't believe you paid that much over list price, you know, and it starts to create doubt. Mm -hmm. And then they get buyer's remorse. Um, And. A lot of times we just start to see little things and inspections that wouldn't necessarily be a deal breaker become a deal breaker. Well, maybe that's the part that isn't disclosed to me on on my end of things. So if it's falling through, I'm just told they couldn't negotiate. Yeah, the deal's off because of the inspection Mm -hmm. and that's it. Yeah, you don't don't get all the details. So, uh, you know, I I guess I just want to say, you know, it's not all fun and games in the seller's market. And that being said, I'm not trying to be negative, but it's really important as a seller that you continue to do the things that you did in the past getting your house ready. So this is where I've seen um, some sellers get really disappointed because they don't listen to the expert advice and they think I don't have to do anything to get my house ready because there's such a shortage Um, or I can be crazy, crazy with my price. So there's this house. I'm not going to tell you where it is. You call me and I'll tell you. Uh, and homes in that neighborhood for that style, it's one of these uh, cookie cutter neighborhoods, I guess I would say, where there's, you know, five or six styles of homes. There's not a lot. Mm-hmm. That home would typically sell for around 275 maybe 295 in this crazy market. Popped on the market at 325 There has never been anything in that neighborhood that's ever sold over 300 Not even close. So, I mean, we're talking significantly mm-hmm. overpriced. Um, and every, all the realtors, when it hit the market, we all went, what? What are they? What? Huh? Because that neighborhood should sell in a day or two. It's a very, very popular neighborhood. But it's not. It's still sitting out there. The realtor actually sent an email out yesterday, and the seller is offering a $1,000 bonus to realtors to sell it. <laughs> I'm like, that's still not going to get me to convince a client to overpay by 
$35,000 for a house. I'm, so, I'm looking at, I'm giving you these yeah, eyes like, like you need to tell me like, what house are you yeah. talking about? Um, and so you still have to be realistic. We can certainly push it on price. Uh, and when we talk about value, we'll talk about the market kind of will eventually determine what the price is. So I've had homes where I've priced it at a certain place and the market has sort of driven the price up. That's kind of what free market economies do. Um, but you can't be crazy. I, I mean, we're not that insane of a market. So be realistic. Pre-listing inspections. I know we've talked about that almost as much as we've talked about getting pre-qualified for buyers. The pre-listing inspection is the pre-qualification for sellers, right? That is so, so important. I mean, these buyers, they're not stupid. They're not going to accept a house that's in crappy condition. They're just not. Uh, and in fact, since they feel like they've maybe overpaid for the house, they're going to be even more particular. Uh, and sometimes they won't even give the seller a chance to make repairs. I can't tell you how many emails I see on a weekly basis. Their house comes on the market. It's sold, you know, 24 hours later, mm-hmm. three days later. It's back on. It's back on the market and the realtor's sending an email out saying, hey, you know, we're making all these, you know, there were repairs that needed. Every house needs repairs. They just do. Uh, We're making the repairs that are needed, but the buyers didn't give us a chance to do it. They just walked away. We see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, So being ahead of the game, doing that pre-listing inspection is so, so important. And especially in Indiana. And freaking February, March, and April when it hasn't stopped raining. Uh, we've had some sunshine here, but we went through a period two weeks ago where it rained like five days straight. Like a monsoon. And, yeah, and we and had flooding. Were flooded, yes. Yeah, we had legit flooding. And uh, yeah, that's when all the home inspections were on my listings. <laughs> awesome. So like wet cross space, wet cross space, wet cross space, wet cross space. But there were things that could have been done up front um, to help with some of that. Also, for sellers, I want to just remind you that it's not all about money. Uh, I want you to review the offer as a whole. And if it's cash, that's great. But again, make sure you've got proof of funds and that that cash is accessible. Um, But think about all the components of the offer. Like I mentioned before, you know, we had an offer that was about $3,000 lower than another offer. But the higher offer wanted a bunch of TVs. And so that kind of made the lower offer actually a better deal. Um, plus the, the, the lower offer had proof of funds and the higher offer didn't. So they would have been shocked, you know, but we ended up getting a third offer that was even higher, but they would have been shocked if we had gone with the, you know, what we felt was the best offer. Absolutely. Um, and do let financing play a role in your decision, um, who the lender is, what their reputation is and, um, what kind of financing that's all stuff that you should look at. Because that's going to make a difference. All right. Seller strategies. More strategery. Did I make that word up? No, that was uh, President Bush. The, oh, the is first, that what it was? The second one. Sorry. Oh, yeah. George, George W. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about how I met Barbara Bush on the beach in Kennebunkport, Maine? No. Oh, this is an exciting morning for me. She was walking her dogs with the Secret Service. I started slugging yours in the arm, and I said, that's effing Barbara Bush. Except I wasn't saying effing. I was saying that because I was so excited. <laughs> I kept going, effing Barbara And then I finally I said, and then we passed each other on the beach and got to the end of the beach, and we both turned around. We're coming back towards each other. I was like, I'm going to say hello. Did you? I did. I said, good morning, ma'am. Were you taken down by the I Secret Service? <laughs> he just kind of looked at me, but I was pretty okay. excited. Um, yeah, that was a good day. Okay, so- Focus. Strategy. Your goal as a seller should be to expose your home to as many of those uh, distraught and stressed out buyers as possible. Does that make sense? 
I'm not even focused right now because I'm because you're all about like effing Barbara Bush. Yes. <laughs> and by that I mean the older Barbara Bush. But anyways, um, okay, your goal as a seller. Before you go on the market, you need to expose your home to as many people as possible. So what I see is like in the past, a realtor might say, hey, I have a buyer for your house. Well, that's great. That sounds good, right? I don't even have to put my house on the market. Mm-hmm. That's a strategy. But are you going to get the most for your house? No, because you need to expose it to as many people as possible. So, and by exposing it, it means you need to put your best foot forward. Yes. Not that kind of exposing. So what I see and what bothers me in this market is I see listings going up with no pictures. They're still going to sit there. No one's going to come look at your house if there's not pictures and they don't know what they're looking at. Um, Or a listing that isn't complete, doesn't have any kind of description, doesn't have good information. Um, those homes are not going to sell. I had an, a, uh, a client the other day. I showed him a house. He'd been stalking it online. This is what they do. They look at the pictures over and over and over again. It had an accepted offer. He still loved it so much. He wanted to go look at it, right? That's a great thing for the seller, potentially. He loved this house so much. I might put a backup offering, right? Mm-hmm. He goes in. He goes, Deb, I've been catfished. <laughs> the house looked nothing like it did in oh. real life than in the pictures and he was really really upset like just really sad about it I felt really bad so give as much information as possible but be really realistic don't catfish people make showings really really easy um, and then I have some uh, tactics that I use to buy some time to let the listing get out there um, what it sometimes happens in this market like what's happening today a listing goes on the market today we all have to cancel our plans cancel dinner cancel our kids basketball game because we have to drop what we're doing to go show this house because whoever's in the door first writes the offer first that's not always the best strategy as a seller so sometimes what I do is I'll list it on like a Thursday and I'll say no showings till Saturday it gives everybody a chance to get their schedules coordinated and it gives a chance for the listing to get out for everyone in the world to see because it takes a while sometimes for the listing to trickle down to all these different websites out there. So that's a, a strategy we use or sometimes we'll say um, we'll list it on Monday and we'll say we're going to start accepting offers, start reviewing offers on Thursday at six. So it gives everybody a little bit of a chance. Exposure. That is the key, sellers, to really take full advantage of this market is to expose yourself. I mean, expose your house (laughs) as much as possible. But I do want to say that whatever you do with your strategy, it still needs to be fair. I have 30 seconds left. Don't be an asshole. That's basically what I want to say. Be fair about it. If you say no showings till Saturday, don't let showings till Saturday. Or if you let someone in because they've got something going on Saturday, so they come over Friday night, don't accept any offers before you let those Saturday people in. Be fair. There's no sense, Rachel and I were talking about this because we've had some examples where I think people aren't necessarily being fair. Mm -hmm. Be fair. There's no reason as a seller that you shouldn't be fair. All right. I'm over. Let's go to break. We'll be back. This is, uh, what is this? Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. 
You'll be asked a few simple questions, and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. So I have to tell the story real quick because Karen apparently hasn't really heard the whole story. I've been out of touch for a few days, but I had a friend tell me. So <laughs> I've had an interesting like week or so in real estate, and I've been trying to post it on my personal Facebook page, which anybody can look at, so um, to share so that people really know what I do because it's not like million-dollar listings where we're walking around in high heels and uh, – you know, Power martinis mm-hmm. and whatever. So I was showing this house and uh, my clients, uh, one was pregnant and it was her and her mother and went through the house. It had been raining, 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 raining for days and days and days and went, uh, went through the house, went out the back door and I unlocked the deadbolt, walked out the back and then I thought, oh, it's raining. So I should probably close the door behind me and I closed it and then I thought, shit, and the door was locked. Okay, well, that's fine, because the front door is wide open, you know, just the storm door, because we had gone in and left the, the front door, you know, basically open. So I just need to go around the front. I'm in this fenced backyard. There's three gates. I can't get any of them open. <laughs> one of them I can see is padlocked. Two of them I can't, well, one of them I can't figure out why I can't get it open. And the other one, there is like three inches of mud along the bottom that we could get it open about six inches, but... Who can squeeze Nobody through? Nobody can squeeze through there, yeah. right? And, uh, oh, my gosh, it's raining. I'm covered in mud. My shoes, I still haven't cleaned them because I'm like, I think I might just throw them out. Um, and so we had, like, a big stick. We were digging out the mud trying to get the stupid gate open. There was, like, three of us, like, pulling on it. I thought we are going to break this freaking gate. And then I call. So I'm like, I'm going to try the other gate that I can't figure out how I was having trouble with. I thought, let me go try that one. We're trapped in the backyard. Trapped in the backyard. <laughs> And so I'm running back to this first gate. I call my friend because I'm not far from my office. So I call my friend who's a realtor here at my office thinking if she's at the office, maybe she can come save us. Like, right. You know, come let us out. And so she picks up and I'm like, are you at the office? I'm like babbling, like not even making sense. And I'm like, I'm trapped. I'm trapped. And she's like, oh my God, what's going on? And she's freaking out. And then at the same time, I'm pulling on this other gate and I got it open. And I was like, never mind. And I hung out. <laughs> And she called me back. She goes, what the hell? Oh, yeah. And I think she thought I've been, I got trapped on the, a balcony because that's happened before too. You go mm-hmm. out the property that has a balcony and you get trapped. Anyways. Yeah. So 
Typical day in real estate. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. So I want to talk this last segment. Uh, I'm sure I only have a few minutes, but I want to talk about the idea of value. Um, one of my favorite topics, but we talked about it in the seller's market. It's hard to know what value is, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's not some spreadsheet. It's not, you know, a a specific price per square foot. You don't just put numbers into a formula and come up with what a value is. You know, a seller wants what a seller wants. And so I have this visual that isn't going to do any good because we're on radio. Um, But basically, if you hold your two fingers up in front of you, like one and a one, and then you cross them so that your knuckles are crossed, Rachel's laughing at me because I'm when you take a picture to no one, right? Uh, and your knuckles are crossed. Where that point is, where the knuckles cross, that's where you have value, right? Your uh, so your right hand is the buyer perception of value. Your left hand is the seller's perception of value. They each have their own perception of value, and when those points cross and they're the same, then you have value. So what my point is is a really complicated way of saying that it takes two to tango, that you can't have value without a buyer and a seller. So when you're representing a seller as a realtor, a seller's deciding how much they want to list your house for, you're not determining value. You're just sort of creating a starting point, putting a guesstimate out there. Um, You know, it's almost like one of those Venn diagrams, you know, where you have Mm -hmm. the two circles and where they overlap. That's what, that's where the area of value is. You know, you can look up all these calculations and there's methods with cap rates and ARV and I don't even know what half that stuff means. But if you're trying to buy or sell, it's not black and white. Uh, You know, this is why Zillow is wrong all the time. They're sending me these. Have you ever claimed your house on Zillow? I have. Do they send you emails? They send me updates when there's a change. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I got one a couple of weeks ago and they were like, yeah, oh, the value of your home's uh, gone up $257. How? How do you get that close? I'm not that good. <laughs> and it's not. It's just because they're, you know, they're putting, just using data and they're taking out the human factor, which is really part of what goes into it. You know, a buyer's only uncomfortable paying what a buyer's comfortable paying and a seller wants what a seller wants. And sometimes those two things don't match. I'm continually puzzled by buyers. And I don't know if you've ever talked to anyone like this, come into your office. Cause I know sometimes they ask you for advice on pricing, like how much should I offer? And, and you're like, that's not my job. Yeah. That it does happen quite a bit. Yeah. But I'm puzzled by buyers who see an overpriced house cause they're out there and they say, well, we'll just offer less. They have to take it cause they know their house isn't worth that much. But they don't have to take it. The sellers don't have to take, you know, your offer. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be logical. So sometimes you just kind of have to move on. And I get a lot of buyers who seem kind of fixated on that. Well, that house is overpriced. But, I mean, we'll just offer less and they'll take it because it's That's, that's what people fair. do. That's what that's people do. Mm-hmm. It's a fair price. No, that's not what it's about. You know, it makes me think of like every – we go to Maine every summer and – I'm always amazed at all the houses for sale, but it's one of those kind of like make me move price. You know, like Zillow has make me move. Like, yeah, I would move if someone wanted to pay, you know, a million dollars for my house. So when you go to these resort towns in the summer, everybody puts a for sale sign in their yard because for the right price. Yeah. you got the mm-hmm. tourists out there. Sure. I'll sell for the right price. Um, so sometimes you've got that stuff going on. Um, and so you have to be just kind of realistic and you have to make a decisions this goes for the buyers and the sellers. You, know, you make this as decisions that are best for you. That's what you can worry about and that's what you can control. And that's, you can't control what the other side 
uh, is doing. So just because the seller's excited in a seller's market and the home is way overpriced, don't think as a seller you can, or as a buyer, that you can change their mind. And as a seller, the market's telling you something. If you are in one of the most popular neighborhoods in the county and your home has been on the market for a month, are you going circling back to that other house? I am. Okay. I'm circling back. Uh, then the market is telling you something, right? So you must listen. That's the other important part of value is you have to listen. Because we, if when we start, we're starting point with a listing. It's, some, it's a guesstimate. Mm-hmm. That's really all it is. It's not a fact. It's a guesstimate. And so we have to listen to the feedback about that guesstimate. So listen. Okay, let's see. I had so much to cover today, and I kind of had to skip some of it. And so I just want to go back through my notes and see if there's anything else. I really, I want to talk real briefly. I've got like two minutes. Sight unseen offers. There was an article that um, was on our Facebook page and got some comments from um, some of our Facebook followers that people are really making um offer sight unseen because you've got that drama. If you're trying to relocate to another city mm-hmm. and you can't spend three months there, you almost have to do sight unseen. And it's like really, really stressful. I had someone come in, an agent come into my office and she said, well, we're going to make an offer. It'll just be contingent on a scene it next week. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. I'm not taking that kind when I have other right. people who are walking through the house and actually seeing and I'm not going to take a sight unseen offer a, but there are other options and think about it. I had a client the other day and she was saying something about, um, not being able to get in and see the houses. And I said, well, maybe, Oh, she lives in Michigan. I said, well, I could always FaceTime you right, or Facebook live, you know, or something like that. There are options that we could do on that. And they're like, Oh, okay. So that certainly is an option so that you don't have to do that site unseen. Cause if I had a seller and I have, if I get offers site unseen, no, I am not comfortable with that. Right. I'm sorry. So, but that is happening and the numbers are amazing. Um, if you read the article, I don't think I have a, Oh, I have it pulled up. And it's like in some markets, 35 to 40% of the offers that are, are being made unseen. are sight unseen. Wow. It's that crazy. Um, so just think about that too. I do sympathize. If you are moving to town and you're in a, buyer, a seller's market like this, you're probably going to need to rent for a while because you're going to come in for a weekend. You see realtors all the time saying, I have buyers coming in for this weekend. They have to make an offer on something. Well, good luck. The only good part about that as a realtor is you'll probably be selling it in six months because they'll hate it and want to buy something else. All right. So that is our little discussion today on navigating a seller's market. Hopefully that was some uh, useful information for you. If you have more questions, always welcome to hit me up. Facebook's probably the easiest way to do that. You can find me and I'm happy to help in any way I can. Thank you for tuning in today. This was Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.